0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Welcome to the Throwing Jabs Podcast with Jace Garcia and Jared Jones.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode four of the Throwing Jabs Boxing Podcast. I'm Jace Garcia, and I'm joined with Jared Jones, like always. And we're just going to get right down into it, talking about the recaps of the fights that happened this weekend, starting off with the biggest fight, I think, coming out. Everyone's talking about Javante Davis after this weekend Mm. and how he knocked out Ricardo Nunez in the second round. Jared, what would you think about that about that fight, and what do you think about the stoppage? I've heard a lot of talk about early stoppage.
0: Uh, I don't think the stoppage was early at all. You heard anybody who tuned in last week knows how high I was on Nunez as a family man <laughs> and not as a boxer. Uh, I would have been okay if they stopped this fight right after they announced the guys' names. They didn't belong in the ring together.
1: No, they did not. I think it was a little bit early. I, I understand it. The stoppage was fine. I think there was a that was a little early because I think we are still holding. We we still are looking back at what happened last week with uh we, we will talk about in the current events with the boxers dying in the ring. So I think we are at a period of time where we're gonna be more cautious than
0: yeah, yeah, when in doubt, stop the bout. I think we have yeah. definitely turned that corner. But back to Javante Davis, I, uh, I've, no, you, you, a lot of people are talking about this guy. And the same people, there are people billing this guy as the next Floyd Mayweather Jr. He's a great fighter, rare combination of speed and strength. I don't think the next Floyd Mayweather Jr. But when you bump these people about his lack of opposition, about people like Ricardo Nunes, they say, well, he's only 24 years old. They're bringing him along slow.
1: Yeah, and you wrote a great blog post about that. You can check that out at thethrowingjabspodcast.com. And I I do agree with you. He is very young. The one thing I don't get with all the fights this weekend is everyone is talking about Javante Davis. That's just because he is Floyd Mayweather's boy. We had a phenomenal fight with Ramirez and Hooker where Ramirez definitely had a better knockout than Javante Davis did. But everyone is still talking and still super high on Javante Davis when there was this title unification bout Hmm. the same night.
0: Well, and just like you and I said, I mean, we weren't off at all on that one. We said if there were only a few pay-per-view bouts this year, that's one of them that should have been as far as fighting goes. Ramirez and Hooker was, we build it as the fight to watch and man we didn't miss the mark with that one that was an exciting fight
1: yes yes it was that card the DZone card that night was definitely the boxing fans card while showtime was the casuals Everyone talking about Javante davis because he does have he has that star power behind him with floyd
0: well and that's a problem i have these guys can't have both you can't have him be the next Floyd Mayweather Jr. And he's young and we're just bringing him along. Like you mentioned in my blog, I said that Floyd Mayweather Jr., when he was exactly the age Gervonta Davis is, was three fights removed from 33-0 Diego Corrales, where he knocked him down five times and beat him up, and had signed a contract to fight who he ended up fighting twice in a row while he was 25, Jose Luis Castillo. This guy was fighting the best fighters in the division at the prime of their career when he was the exact same age as Tank Davis. You can't have it both ways. Either he's the next Floyd Mayweather Jr. or he's young and they're bringing him along slow. But to say both is a total contradiction in terms because Ricardo Nunez is not Diego Corrales or Jose Luis Castillo. That's disrespectful to even talk about.
1: You're right about that. But I think part of this does have to be put on – Gervonta Davis's handlers, because as we saw after the fight, he called out Tevin Farmer, who we'll get to in a second, and he's been calling out Lomachenko, so he wants these big fights. It's his handlers learning from Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. knowing let's keep let's keep that zero and f- pick and choose when the right time. That is.
0: blueprint from the end of Floyd's career. Yeah, yeah.
1: As I mentioned before, Tevin Farmer in the co-main event of the DAZN card. Tevin Farmer beat Guillerme now I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Franwa, via <laughs> via unanimous decision. And this was, I, I love this fight because Tevin Farmer, he looked phenomenal. He was utilizing his footwork, utilizing his jab. And then he would pick and choose when to follow the jab up with either a body shot, a hook, or a straight down the middle. It, it was phenomenal boxing. In the later points of the fight, he definitely did get very knockout hungry and started brawling with him, where that's where I think Frenois came and stole maybe a couple rounds. But what do you think of the fight?
0: Last week I said there's an outside shot. Both guys are exposed here, and I think that's what happened. I think Farmer looked okay as a boxer. But as somebody who's elite that I want to see again, not at all. And Guillermo Frank did this guy, Franwa? Oh man. I used I used to have a little pug for about twelve years. I had a little yellow pug named Rudy and he would alternate hands when he patted my hands. So it looked like he was boxing. I'd go box, Rudy, box. And he'd slap his hands around. And that's what Franwa looked like. Like a cat. He was slapping down with form like that. With technique like that. I was amazed that this guy's record was 46 and two i wasn't amazed that he only had 12 knockouts in his 46 wins but i'm like maybe there's something box rec isn't showing me let me go on fran wa's wikipedia page he's 46 and two without a wikipedia page there yeah. isn't one on yeah. Yeah. fran wa it was all europe this this guy was uh this guy, this guy's a bum. He was, he, I mean, I mean, like as a fighter, he's just not. And and the whole idea was to get a guy that had a forty six and two record that people thought had a chance against Farmer, to make Farmer look good so that they think he has a chance against Tank Davis, and he doesn't. This is uh, tailor made. You're drinking the Kool Aid if you think Farmer's a great fighter, and that's the next step for Davis. You're drinking the Kool Aid. Hey, and if you think Davis is ready for Loma. You're out of your mind. Yeah. Neither one of those things should happen. None of those are the next step for any of those guys because they're all on different levels. Farmer is is if you spent your time watching boxing matches from guys that are the level of Tevin Farmer and Guillermo Franois, you could spend your whole life watching boxing matches because there are thousands of guys. At that level of skill. If you want to watch the best, and that's why we watch, isn't it? We want the best or the guys that we know and are familiar with. If you know these guys, watch their fights, by all means. If you're trying to watch the best fighters in the world, they shouldn't be on the television.
1: Yeah, I, I did see glimpses of good stuff from Farmer. But if he does want to, like we saw later in that fight, if he wants to get into a brawl and start looking. And head for the knockout, he will not be able to survive that with Gervonta Davis. Gervonta Davis hits harder than anyone Farmer's faced. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see that fight. I, really? I I think it I think it'd be good for both of them.
0: They're, I just think they're in different classes. Put the put put the ranch on Davis, because uh, you know farmers been beat before. This is this is a buildup to a fight that. Is a little bit off. I don't. I wouldn't want to see Davis and Farmer. I'd, I'd rather see Davis make a step up. That's a little bit further than Farmer. I think that's the next step in his progression. But that's only because he fought Ricardo Nunes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, from in the trajectory that they've taken here, which is nothing like Floyd Mayweather Jr. We covered that, but I'm a little passionate about it. Uh, Tevin Farmer is the next logical step. But he's still way under where Javante Davis should be right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. With Lomo's you. over.
0: Farmer's under. Davis is in the middle of those two and should find another guy that's kind of in the middle of those two. There are a lot of guys between Tevin Farmer and yeah, Vasily yeah. Lomachenko.
1: Yeah, you're right. Moving on to the best fight of the night, as we touched on before. <laughs> Ramirez knocks out Hooker in the sixth round. And it was it was a great fight. Hooker was using his jab. He was finding success in his jab, but Ramirez with that Mexican style boxing, counter punching, going, making the investment to the body, mm, and eventually mm. found the hook to put Maurice Hooker to sleep. What'd you think of the fight, Jerry?
0: Great, great fight. That may have that's on a short list for the greatest fight of the year so far. Yeah. This this was a really, really good fight. And it honestly, it made me proud of us that we saw this one coming, that we pointed that out of all of the fights we covered last week and went, sit down wherever you are when that fight goes down. Find time to sit down and watch that fight. And I still say, if you missed it, go back and watch Ramirez yeah. and Hooker. This was a great, great fight. Taller guy trying to stay on the outside and doing a splendid job for for his frame of keeping ramirez off of him and i whoo yeah but that was just such an impressive fight both of those guys are the real deal
1: this is this was a fight that we don't get to see a lot first off it was a unification bout guys coming from cross promotions to make the fight happen and do you see this opening up more to cross promotional fights oh
0: I hope so. They they they're, the promotions are so crooked. I'd say stick around for the flurry. I'm going to I'm going to give some inside scoop about how okay. crooked these promotions actually are.
1: All right. I think from what I've seen top rank and Bob Aram seem more likely to play ball with other promotions.
0: Co-intermingle, yeah.
1: Yeah, as we saw with with Jose Ramirez here, As well as what we're hearing from Tyson Fury going to fight Deontay Wilder. So I I respect that. And I do think we do need to get more cross promotional fights. More intermingling. That's just what's better for boxing. But sticking with the fight. What do you think is next for Ramirez? Rematch. The IBF champ. Josh Taylor. WB. A champ, Regis Progress. Progress. Progress.
0: What an exciting group of guys this is, right here. Regis Progress is the real deal. Josh Taylor is the real deal, I promise you. And Jose Ramirez, we just saw. I don't think either guy should want a rematch. If I'm Hooker or Ramirez, they were both able to do enough to convince me that I should take whatever the next step is. And as a yeah. fan, I'd watch it again. And yeah. I think I'd expect kind of similar results, but for Ramirez, I think either one of those guys beat him, Josh Taylor or Regis Progress, but uh but this is I'd, I'd watch any of those. So you match any of those four guys up one against another?: Yeah, I'm watching the fight. These it's guys this, this is yeah, this is a, an exciting little weight class, and they all want to fight each other. Every all four right. of the names on that list are, are ready to go sign me up, put me in the ring.
1: I I, I like that point you brought up because I think when it boils down to just the fighters, the fighters are always going to want to fight who's there. Like Tyson Fury wants to fight Deontay. He wants to fight Andy Ruiz, but it's the handlers. It's the promotional stuff that gets in the way. I
0: agree with that. I think the Broners that that really don't want to fight those better guys are few and far between.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think... From a business side of this, I'm sure there's probably a rematch clause in this contract, seeing hmm. as how it was cross-promotional. yeah. So I can see a rematch coming next, but even if it does, down the line, looking at these other fighters that could match up, it, it is going to be great, and it's going to be good.
0: I'd like to see Prograce beat Hooker, and Taylor beat Ramirez, and then Taylor fight Prograce for the— whoever's the best in that division yeah and I think we'll know by then Yeah. yeah
1: everyone loves the tournament there you go now moving on to our current events for this week starting off with a fight announcement Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is scheduled to fight August 10th in Mexico and this is the first time he's fighting since his loss to Canelo Alvarez May 6th 2017 And that loss was... I I can't remember who says it, but it's hard to wake up for a fight when you're waking up in silk sheets. And that Mm. was definitely shown in the Canelo Alves fight with Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Because he is... He he, he has the namesake of Julio Cesar Chavez. Mm. And that dude is a legend in Mexico. So this... there is that he doesn't really have something to fight for, you know? When you got a silver spoon in your mouth.
0: See, I see, and he 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 took that from me. I thought that early on in this guy's career, and then I saw a couple of fights. Canelo is one of them.
1: I, I, I just I wanna see him get back on the right track because of his namesake. And one thing leading up to the Canelo Alvarez fight that really I'm Mexican. And I can speak for Mexican fans because I've spoken to my family and that stuff. You're Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. And when you're sitting in a, when they do the Max Kellerman face-to-face interviews and Canelo's speaking all Spanish and you're Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. <laughs> speaking English, you're losing points.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I could see that. Uh, but uh, strictly as a fighter, I think this guy is—he's not his father, yeah. But he's—he's—he's—he's um, he's, he's, he's very good. He's—he's he's one of these elite class type guys that you will learn about another fighter if they're in the ring against this guy.
1: I'm hoping that this could the the fight with Canelo was equivalent to Mayweather fighting Canelo. That's what I can hope for. Yeah, getting getting at him while he's young and hopefully he becomes a better fighter but that's all you can hope for now and i'm excited to see what he's going to look like after a two plus year layoff
0: well and i'm i can't i can't with this opponent i just can't with this opponent ever, ever bravo is the guy julio Cesar chavez jr is fighting now like you said son of a legend Right? And a great, like I said, a great fighter, maybe not the top of the division, but he's a gatekeeper. He's definitely second tier. great fighter. So this guy, Avert Bravo, he, 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 he's won half of his last 14 fights. He's 25 and 10. He's been knocked out nine times. Okay? Seven and seven in his last 14 fights, none of the seven he beat had winning records. The seven that he lost, six times he was knocked out in seven losses. And here's the seven wins. I'm going to read you the records of the seven guys he beat in his last 14 fights. 5-30, and 0-5, 1-10, 1-12, 0-8, 7-12, and and the last guy he fought his warm-up for Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. was 0-1. This guy he's fighting never beat anybody of consequence and has been knocked out nine times. He should walk through. This guy is his Ricardo Nunez. This is his Franwa. Go bet the ranch on Chavez Jr. In this fight. Cause unless he's been in a coma for two and a half years, yeah. <laughs> he's going to walk through this guy.
1: Yeah. And I, I think a tomato can like this is, I think is, I, I don't like to see tomato can fights, but it is deserving coming off a layoff like this.
0: A tough fight and then a big layoff. Yep. Yeah. yeah I agree. And
1: uh like we, we saw it with Tyson Fury taking two tomato tomato can fights to get back in shape to fight to then fight Wilder. So so I do like it when you have this big layoff to come in and take fights like that. So hopefully Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. looks I don't expect him to look too good because it is a two-plus-year layoff. (laughs) He ought to impress against this guy, though. Yeah, yeah. I hope he does early in the fight start getting it together and start. He's probably going to get it done based off everything you just told me. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, so the underlying story in all of our current events that we've had throughout the history of this show, the six episodes we've done now, is... Joshua and Ruiz and the fallout from that. And now, in an interview with ESPN, Deontay Wilder decides to put his two cents in. I got a couple quotes for you, starting off with the first one. Due to the circumstances of how he lost, no, I wouldn't do it. But he is the fighter. He knows what he's got to do to be capable of doing I would advise him to go with his heart. Don't try to make others happy. Now, from a pro like Wilder coming out and saying this, talking about the rematch, I think this this definitely validates what we have been saying all along in the show that Wilder needs, I mean uh, Joshua needs a tomato can, he needs another warm-up fight after a loss like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, from the standpoint of that's kind of the blueprint of what we do, everybody's got an Everett Bravo kicking around. And if you put it into the the right context, it makes sense for them. I think that's what Wilder's saying, is you have to do the thing that makes the most sense for you. As a fighter, I mean, you want your fighter. I said this about Anthony Joshua, as the fighter, you should want that. You need people around you the same way that it's the responsibility of the referee to stop the fight, and then it's the responsibility of the trainer, and then the rest of the guys in the corner sometimes jump on the trainer and go, hey, you got to get this guy out of there. And then there's a ringside doctor, and there's all kinds of levels to get that guy out of there so that the fighter never has to say, you know what? Wasn't my night. I didn't get it done tonight. I'm not good enough because that sucks as a fighter, as somebody yeah. who's been there before, and somebody's getting the better of you. You never want to be the one to step in and say, "Hey, this guy's better than I am," and I got I to go back to the gym and come back another day. Um, and the same, so the same way that there are all those levels to make sure these guys stay safe. I feel like this is geared toward Anthony Joshua, and, and from from a little bit of a different angle when it comes to Wilder.
1: Yeah, I think I think Wilder has talked a lot of trash, but I think this is Wilder talking kind of heart to heart to Wilder. It's good yeah, it's good advice. Giving him yeah, good advice. He Wilder is the type of guy he wants to fight the best when it comes down to Wilder and Joshua, Wilder wants the best Joshua. Yeah. So if it means going and fighting a bunch of tomato cans, then let that be. But Wilder wants to fight the best Joshua when it hopefully eventually comes down to that. And then uh, I got another quote here from Wilder from the interview. Shoot. We'll see what happens. But what if Ruiz Jr. and Joshua don't fight? If they don't take the rematch, then we'll be looking forward to Ruiz Jr. jumping into that unification bout. Now, Wilder's continue... Wing to talk about future fights and looking past his uh, looking past Luis Ortiz, which is tough because Luis Ortiz was the first person to knock Wilder down, but also Wilder has always wanted the scariest fights for him going back to the first ortiz fight g- going back to fury taking the fury fight over the joshua fight and now going back to you mentioned it last week how tough of a matchup andy ruiz would be for wilder
0: mhm yeah well and um i take all of this like a little bit lighter than the first quote because i think well if, but i love Deontay Wilder, I always have. He sounds like a fighter. He yeah. sounds like the the guy that that's how you want your fighter to sound is he's pushing to give himself the biggest fights. Um, I'm not scared of anybody. I want to beat the best guys in the game. I want the biggest names. I want the biggest paychecks. And I want to be widely recognized as the greatest heavyweight in the world. And that's kind of how you're going to do it. If you do have any control over it, it's quotes like that that are going to get you there.
1: Yeah. So we'll have to see what stems from that. But moving on talking about Deontay Wilder, WBC Heavyweight Champ. The interim WBC Heavyweight Champ Dillian White popped for PEDs. Now according to Eddie Hearn, they were he was tested by Votto, which is the normal testing for all boxing, and he was cleared. And then he was brought in front of the British, a British anti-doping committee, and presented his evidence, and was then cleared to fight by the British anti-doping committee. So you wrote about this on the blog, too, mm-hmm. in another blog post. Uh, what do you think of this?
0: Well, personally, what's out? your answer to that blog post? Should he, let's say that Dillian White blatantly and purposefully use drugs, performance-enhancing drugs, to get a competitive advantage in this boxing match, should he be penalized with legal consequences? Should be he, he be arrested and charged with a crime?
1: Well, I think yes, but the way this sounds like him going in front of the committee and pleading his case, it sounds like it was not purposeful and it was either a tainted supplement or something like that cuz if you we see this a lot of the time in MMA stuff comes out and says they popped for for whatever and everyone always gets in their head that's a cheater right off the bat mm-hmm. right when you hear that mm-hmm. but a lot of the times they bring whatever supplement they're taking to the in the UFC's case USADA in this case a British anti-doping committee and the the committee looks at it and says no you are you are right they they do extensive testing I, I've read about it they go and they will even look and find the exact containers that those supplements were mm-hmm. tested in and go and test those containers to see if there is the tainted supplement I, I don't know how extensive the British anti-doping committee that while they're That I'm talking based off the Usada, not Wilder, Dillian White. Yeah, Dillian White. Yeah, you're right. But I, if he, if he did bring stuff in front of a committee, I do, and the committee said, yeah, you can fight.
0: You would think.
1: Yeah, but boxing. I've seen
0: crazier stuff in boxing. Yeah, and the the thing is, this is really unfair. I hate to say that because he was just caught cheating. Um, this isn't going to sound right until I explain it. But Dillian White, this is kind of an unfortunate circumstance for him, because yeah. he was he I'm um, tying together two things that haven't necessarily gone together yet, and that's the tragic deaths of Madam uh, Maxim Dadashev and Hugo Santillian, uh subdural hematomas, separate fights over the same weekend, and it's happened to be the same weekend that Dillian White won yeah. a back and forth fight. Uh, By the skin of his teeth and um, and then was was charged with this PED thing. But I mean, I guess at the at the end of the spectrum, if you jump all the way out there, you say. If you're guilty, like Chris Lieben was guilty, you know, if you're guilty, like like Lyle Alzado was guilty, then is there an attempted murder charge? if you understand that you're playing the game, people don't die when other people cheat at tennis. But if you're if you're involved in a sport where somebody could literally lose their life after losing a match against you, then you have to be held responsible for cheating. If it's plaster in the gloves, if it's drugs in your system, whatever it is, a quote, the last quote from my, from my blog was, in a sport where the risks are different, the rules should be too. And I believe that. We should be doing everything we can to discourage this behavior. And if putting out a press release that says, anybody who, who causes serious injury and tests positive and is found to be guilty and it was, it was blatant, could be charged, is, could potentially be charged with attempted murder. That discourages the behavior to an extent that yeah. it isn't currently discouraged.
1: Yeah. I so I agree with you that so you want to combat PD use by illegal
0: with legal consequences. Okay. Yeah.
1: So what do you think if they did bring in something like the UFC has done in the past couple of years? The USADA, the the, United, the overarching United States Anti Doping Agency. Do you think that would help boxing at all?
0: Um, Yeah, I think the the bigger the commission is, if all of the fighters are under one promotion, all of a sudden you don't have conflict of interest. If they're all under one doping committee, you don't have that conflict of interest. When those cultures clash and those rules are different, and, well, we use a standing eight count, well, we don't use a standing eight, well, we fight 12 rounds, well, we fight 10 rounds. And then all of a sudden you leave it up to these people... Who are? This is how they're getting paid. This is how they're eating, and you're leaving it up to them to make rules that could serve their best interest one way or another. So it be it inherently becomes not fair. So yeah, the the greater the size of the corporation that oversees this stuff, the better results we're gonna get.
1: Yeah. See, with Vada, which is more, which is state based, mm-hmm. there there is a lot of like leeway and letting stuff through. But when you get to Usada, which what the UFC has been doing the past couple of years, in the past in the past like year or so, there's been another problem where yeah they have been finding steroid users and but the the testing has gotten so good on that end, it's like milli, like extremely low amounts of x chemical or whatever that could have been taken one time in like one weird instance. Yeah. And it comes back and is reoccurring throughout the whole year. This is something that we've seen with John Jones, talking about picograms, which is a, the equivalent of a pinch of salt in a swimming pool. And this was what he, he's been banned for the yeah. past couple times. So they're, they're, pro, they're pros and cons to everything. I, I do I do agree with you that if there was a overall hierarchy sanctioning body on this, it would help. Yeah. But, yeah, there's pros and cons to everything. And True. you brought it up for our last current event. Uh, Maximum, Maxim Dedeshev and Hugo Centelian passed away due to injuries in the ring, like you said, Subdural hematomas, and I think, I think that I say that the Gervonta Davis dunez fight was called quick because I, I think this there was an underlying factor of this in everyone's brain, and he didn't even hit the mat, so I I feel like that was part of the reason these these deaths are part of the reason why i think carrying on within the next month we might be talking about early stoppages because people have this in their brains
0: well at least and as well they should they the 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 committees and corporations that are out to shut down the sport of boxing because it's just dangerous you know oh he knew what he was getting into this 23 year old kid yeah you know it's a week i can't wash my way through that and the same way we should do everything we can to discourage the behavior of cheating we should do everything we can to keep these fighters safe if it's shorter rounds if it's less rounds if it's if it's glove sizes helmet sizes you know like i said the jury's out on most of the science behind what actually is the safest thing to do But we've got to start doing the safest thing to do. And if it's, you know, when doubt, stopped the bout, I I was okay with the stoppage, and it wasn't even so much. It was more the angles he was getting hit at, the way his head was flailing around. You could tell that somebody shouldn't take too many of those and can't. You know, you watched the way his body flailed while he was getting hit. That wasn't normal. I'm about to get knocked out and I'm getting hit with good punches. That was... I've never been hit like this before, and my body doesn't know how to react. So yeah. I'm glad they got him out of there when they did. Like they said, they could announce the names and got him out of there. I think it would have been the safest thing to do.
1: Yeah, I guess me saying he should have gone on the mat is more my UFC fan. Fight fans, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But uh, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, as well as there was a video released of Dadashev's corner and man. Oh, that was rough to watch the, heartbreaking the cornerman pleading with him to let him throw in the towel but dadashev having that fighters fighting spirit saying no i still want to fight
0: well and when i talk about those levels that are there to protect the fighter i put them in that order on purpose the referee and then the ring doctor and then the cornerman and then the trainer because You've got to go back to the gym and pick up the pieces of this fighter and try to put back together what you, so that's even, even if you can keep it from being between those two, you should, Yeah. you know, the ref's got to get in there and say enough is enough. The doctor, the promoters, I understand fight fans want to see fights yeah. and you know, as well as anybody, I'm as much into the, the psychological value and the, the, what, what we get as human beings from this sport, what, what we're able to extract through our participation yep. as I am a fight fan. You know, I'm probably more on yeah. that side than I am a fight fan. So that's, that's probably one of the main places you and I are going to buy. You know, was that an yeah. early stoppage? No, not at all. They should have got him out of there sooner. And yeah. you're like, they can let him go down. Yeah. And, and both, both points of view are respectable, I think.
1: One also big thing talking about Dadashev is he walked out of the ring by himself. Mm -hmm. If you you're seeing the announcers were talking about it, how much he was getting hit, how unlike himself he was looking. We saw the video of the corner pleading with him. If you see that stuff, there's no way that you should have a fighter walk out on his own. Get him in a stretcher. Get him to a hospital. As soon as possible. Who knows? Maybe that could have Made the helped difference. him save his life. But yeah, it's there needs to be. I understand how they want to go get to the next fight, especially since this was on the undercard. This wasn't the main event. I understand how they want to keep going, but you need to you need to take better care. Fighter safety Fighters, has to be paramount.
0: Yes. Yeah. All
1: right now. Moving on from the current events, we're previewing the fights this week, not this weekend, because the big fights are Thursday and Friday, which is atypical for <laughs> which is atypical for the week. But starting off Thursday, August second, from Las Vegas on UFC Fight Pass, we have Eva Wallström coming off a loss while moving up to challenge Katie Taylor for the WBA and and IBF lightweight titles. But Wallström is looking to defend her WBC junior lightweight title against Ronica Jeffrey. And this is on UFC Fight Pass, which I, I think is great that they are branching out from just MMA. They got this is a quality boxing match, yeah. And I know they have great, if whatever martial arts you're into—karate, jujitsu, Muay Thai, anything—they got it. I I, I want to talk about this fight, but also I want to throw this question at you, Jared. Why why is women's boxing not taking off like women's MMA? I there's. A former Bellator MMA fighter, her name is Heather Hardy, she had a couple fights in in Bellator, decided to go back to boxing. The one thing that made her switch from boxing to Bellator was she was a world champion with the first fight on the undercard in boxing. And she comes into Bellator, she's at the top of the undercard on the, the beginning of the main card. So what is is it with women's boxing? Why is that not getting enough respect? When women's MMA, we see people like Ronda Rousey, we see Amanda Nunes, these big stars starting to get made.
0: Well, I think first of all, it's time. How long do those fights take for a women's MMA? If it's three, five minutes rounds, that's 17 minutes if you include the breaks. Yeah. Ten three-minute rounds if you include the breaks is 39 minutes. So you've got more than twice as long if there's not a knockout. When's the last time you saw a knockout in women's boxing that was like a a Holm knocked out Rousey? Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think it was Ann Wolfe and that tall white lady. I'm not going to be able to come up with her name, but (laughs) man, go look up Ann Wolfe knockout and it'll be the first thing that pops up on the screen. It was devastating. It was also like 20 years ago or something. So. So you, you aren't, I think it's uh, time, it takes longer, it's less excitement. When you, when you know you're fully committed for the next 40 minutes of your life, to sit. it's a fight. The whole yeah. reason we sit down to watch a fight is it could just Mike Tyson might only be here 42 seconds and then we all get to go home. Yeah. <laughs> With women's fighting, you don't generally think that. And boxing especially, it gets even worse. Listen, these two we're talking about, Ever Wallstrom's 22 and 1. Ronica Jeffrey seventeen and one, good good records. Uh, That's a combined forty two fights. You know how many knockouts they have between them. Wallström has three. Ronica has one. There won't. There probably won't be a knockout here. Yeah. And whatever the distance of rounds and length of minutes per round that you have, that's how long you're going to be sitting here and watching the fight. And it and it, like I said, the whole idea of a fight and the excitement of a fight. I think that's uh that's what does it that over time we've become conditioned to the fact that when you sit down and watch a woman's fight, you know, you better be interested in the boxing skill levels and the artistry of the game, because they don't make a lot of Ann wolves. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're right. And, uh, talking, talking about that, talking about the wanting the artistry and not, looking for a knockout also august 2nd from bangkok thailand rr on delays challenges the best name in boxing knockout cp freshmart the wba strawweight champion his name is knockout cp freshmart that's not his actual name just people can't pronounce the thai name <laughs> <laughs> so that's call- my thing I don't wanna try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the 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 lighter weight class is always I, I think what you're talking about about women's boxing, I think straw weight, they're little guys, they don't really have the knockout power, but it is it, it is quality boxing. Yeah. Regardless. And I think I think with a name like Knockout CP Freshmart, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that this fight isn't being televised in the United States. We can't watch this fight. I think mm-hmm. if your name is Knockout CP Freshmart, you're going to <laughs> get draw views. Sooner or later, you're gonna yeah. You're going to draw views <laughs> in the United States. With a name like that and being 19-0 and and being the WBA strawweight champion... This needs to be televised in the United States. We ought to be able to watch
0: Freshmart.
1: People need to see this (laughs) because no matter what, this is going to draw the casual friend. A guy named Knockout? People are going to watch that. Regardless of what kind of boxing it is, people are going to watch. Yeah, two undefeated
0: guys and one of them's Knockout, Freshmart. Yeah. I like it.
1: So I I think the question here is, do the lighter weight classes get the respect they deserve?
0: Um, well, I say no, and you touched on it, and it's the same reason the women don't. And, again, and hey, what were the first two things I said about keeping fighters safer? Shorter rounds, yeah. less of them, maybe longer rounds and less of them, you know? Maybe, yeah. um, But but we don't need more breaks, longer breaks, more rounds. You know, if these two girls were good, and and honestly, when they get to that, like Katie Taylor, man, I've watched that girl train. She she trains up at uh, Ring of Champions in Manchester. So I've oh, really? a dozen times. I have pictures of her with my kid and stuff. Oh, cool. You know, um, videos with her training in one ring and my daughter training in the next one oh, over. You know, cool. um, and Katie Taylor, man, the li- line up like five of the top 10 girls in her weight class not the top five but give me six seven eight nine and ten line them up let them rotate rounds and let's see when katie taylor goes away give me give me not not elite but upper echelon girls and rotate them one round a piece for because those five girls could probably go for hours and hours and hours and so could katie taylor's got like 50 60 rounds in her I'll bet you right now you put her in a ring, grab her wherever she is, wrap her wrists up, put her in a ring and start throwing people that can handle around with Katie Taylor. There aren't a lot of those. But if you have enough of them to go around in a circle, she's going to get a lot of round 30, 40, 50 rounds with that one minute break. She doesn't take the breaks in the in the gym. They throw the next person in there. You know, you take away the one minute breaks when you get to a certain level. So for yeah. people that could box... Floyd used to have in his gym a, a, like, dog dog pound, dog fights or something. They had, they had, a, they had a canine um, moniker to them, but, but there were no bells, you know. It was just the beginning, and you fight until you spar, until somebody goes away. And these guys, 30, 40 minutes later, somebody would go away. When you're in that shape and can box 40 minutes in a row, you know, we're not going to find out who the better guy is In the 42nd minute of live action, we probably already knew if you're waiting for these guys to get tired over the course of 10 rounds, you know, I'd rather see like one 10 minute fight and we'll know by the end of it who won and you won't get bored during the girl fights and you won't get bored during the lower weight classes and you won't have to commit an hour of your life to this 12 round fight and then have judges tell you the wrong guy won. (laughs) because that's where it gets boring and you lose fans and it's it's just a wrap this goes every round and you're like I don't know I think that guy and the guy sitting next to you is like I think it was the other guy and we've been here for an hour yeah, and we know nothing more than when we sat down yeah yeah so no I don't think they get the respect they deserve and I think boxing as a whole needs to make some changes if they're going to because you don't make hellacious knockout power at 120 pounds. Yeah. 115 pounds. It doesn't, you know... At 112, it's harder to knock people out.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I I think... I think when watching a fight with, with the boys or whatever, you have a window. I think... Say you're watching the main card. There's three fights on the main card. You want the... Casual fans definitely want the knockout, but I think putting one of these, a straw weight or a women's fight on a main card, giving them, showing them quality boxing that will go 12 rounds, but follow that up with like a heavyweight fight or something like that, I think that will give the casual fans what they want in the knockout, in the possible knockout, in the hellacious back and forth or whatever. But it will also give you quality and showing you what boxing actually is. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think that would help a lot. You you gotta build a card right, you know. And I, I I think
0: they should be on it. Yeah, Women and smaller weight classes should be more prevalently on it than they yes, are. Yes. Yes.
1: And yeah. And okay, moving on. We got Friday night fight. This Friday. August 3rd live from Brooklyn, New York, the Barclays Center on PBC Boxing on Fox. We got Marcus Brown 20 and 0 taking on Jean Pascal 33 and 6 and uh, he's coming off a loss to WBA light heavyweight champ Dimitri Bilov Bivol Bevel, yeah yeah and this fight is for brown's wba interim light heavyweight title first off i'm gonna come off of the bat like a lightweight uh, an interim title should not be defended that should be a glorified number one contender thing yes
0: whose next fight mandatory is yes. the champion so that we only yes. have one of them yeah no, and I agree.
1: Defending an interim belt is is ridiculous.
0: It defeats the whole purpose of what an interim belt is supposed to be. Think about what the word interim means. Yeah. We we've, we've we've lost it if you're defending that belt against somebody who's not the champion. Yeah. Um that being said, Marcus Brown's bronze medalist uh light heavyweight. This is another guy that I've seen. I saw a sparring session. Be I have to talk about this. Edwin Edwin Rivera. I saw him spar with marcus brown in bright futures over in hartford it used to be the san juan center my god these guys are both good yo marcus brown is the real deal uh jean pascal this is the guy that beat uh chad dawson he's he's tough as nails but um both my heart and my head say marcus brown um i've seen things in this kid that you just don't see very often. I think. I think Marcus Brown's a rare talent, and this is a good next step. You know, this isn't a oh he's young taking it slow. This is John Pascal. This is a good, good fighter. And uh, yeah, that after that you take that interim away and go fight the champ. There's no yeah. reason not to.
1: Yeah, Marcus Brown coming off the win uh, with a over a great fight in uh, against Badu Jack. Yeah, I think. This is gonna be, this is gonna be another great fight. Yeah. Um, I know people are looking at Jean Pascal and saying thirty three and six, Marcus Brown should roll over him, but that's not the case. No. This is gonna be a solid fight, and
0: I like Brown. He's as good as advertised, but don't sleep, Pascal. because yeah, yeah, he can yeah. fight.
1: This is, this is a solid fight, and I, I hope people tune into this because it. It is going to be good, and this was scheduled to be the start of the main card, but now it has moved up into the co-main event slot of PBC on Fox because Andre Berto pulls out of his scheduled fight with Miguel Cruz who do to two torn biceps, not just a torn bicep, both biceps. Yeah, I don't know how called. you
0: tear both biceps boxing.
1: But he had to have been...
0: I Double know, uppercut but... and... <laughs>
1: Dude, I, I, I see it as like bench press, like weight work that does oh, that. Oh, had to be something Something else, like that. Yeah. I, I don't want to speculate on that, but... Somebody
0: kicked his jump rope while he was... And I don't... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... Both biceps.
1: But I was really excited for this fight, but then... This news comes out last night. Kind of bums me out. Hopefully they can remake this, or if not, try and find a... Suitable
0: replacement for Miguel Cruz. Yeah, yeah
1: a suitable replacement mm. in three days for Miguel Cruz is going to be tough. Um, hopefully Andre Berto can, can uh, get back to it, uh, get back soon. If not, he, he's a quality commentator on Fox. Yeah. So I think.
0: Well, and Javonta Davis is fresh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was excited for this fight, and it, it sucks to have Andre Berto pull out. But in the main event, we got some heavyweights. Mm. We got Adam Kolnaki, Kolnaki taking on. Chris Ariola. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right
0: Yeah, Yeah, you are. It's okay. actually Ariola. <laughs> okay. All right. I think, I think if I'd had to go through my childhood with a name like Ariola, I probably would have ended up a fighter too, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a tough kid.
1: Uh, Konaki is 19-0. Ariola, 38-5-1, 2-0 contest. He's got notable losses to Deontay Wilder. And
0: uh, Klitschko
1: and Vladimir Klitschko's older brother, Vatili Klitschko, the older of the Klitschko brothers. And this is this is a fight that should be fun. It's it's heavyweights, heavyweights are always going to be fun, yeah, no matter what. Um, On there are rare. Rare instance where that's not the case. But when you got two big boys brawling it out, yeah. it's going to be fun. This is a fight where I want to see a women's as the co-main event or a strawweight as a co-main event to show people tuning contrast, in. Contrast, yeah. Yeah, because you need that. And <clears throat> like I was saying earlier, that would just better show both sides of boxing because everyone wants to see the heavyweights knock each other out. But with that being said, what do you think of this fight?
0: I like Kanaki um, over Ariola, But Ariola, I mean, look at his record going to box he, This yeah. is a who's who of the heavyweight division. This kid is, is tough as they come. Uh, his heart is I, – I, It's. this guy is good. And he's one of those gateway that I talk about, the not elite top of the game. But if you're going to beat this guy – you better be elite top of the game caliber yeah. because everybody else is you see all those blemishes on his record and think he can't fight you'd be wildly mistaken because all of those guys that beat him you mentioned Deontay Wilder, Vitaly Klitschko, these guys could really fight. Yeah. Um, Kaunaki, I don't know if he's on that level yet. I'm hoping he is. I would pick him to win and I don't bet on fights. Last time I bet on a fight, I made a killing off of Lennox Lewis beating Tyson. It was too easy. There were too many people that really thought Tyson was going to find a way around his jab. Um, so I had to take that one. <laughs> uh, again, that's a long time ago, though. So I don't generally bet. But Chris Ariola's is getting 7-1 to one odds here. And that's, for me, that's way too much. It should be yeah. maybe 2-1. to one. Chris has a has a chance of winning this fight. Um, I don't want to call it like a significant shit. Just that it's a winnable fight. You yeah. give away seven to one odds. This is one of those fights where, where when I did bet on boxing, you, you never want to look at the odds. Just say who you think's gonna win the fight, and yeah. then put down what you want to put down on that. Don't look at the odds because they'll cause you to bet on Ariola here, when I would pick the other guy because yeah. they're seven to one. That's too far. The odds are too far off. This is a winnable fight for Ariola.
1: I agree with you, and this could possibly be Kownacki's coming out party. If if he gets a win like this, granted, it is not a top ten guy, but this could this could set up something like a Parker fight, like a Revis fight, yeah. like a Dillian. This could set up Kownacki to get in to that title talk. Yes. So this is interesting. There is title implications are on the line here
0: he's got to keep an eye on for sure
1: yeah and ariola he's he's challenged before so if he gets a win like this he could be right up there as well but that being said we're gonna have to wait and see quality fights not this weekend this week thursday and friday if you want something saturday to watch there's also a ufc card i will be doing a blog about that coming up as the fight draws near but moving on from the previews we are going to talk about we're going to end the show like we always end the show and jared hit me with that flurry
0: mikey garcia great fighter undefeated until just recently um He fought a 2-0 guy early in his career, and four out of his last five guys he fought have been undefeated. But in between, those 20-some fights in between, only one guy had an undefeated record. Mikey Garcia, in the prime of his career, only fought one undefeated guy, a local boxer from Manchester, Connecticut, named Matt Remillard. When I first walked into the gym... This was a little, little kid on probation, cleaning spit buckets, wiping down the mat. Trainer wouldn't let him box yet because he was doing uh, community service type stuff. This was just a little kid, hadn't started boxing yet. Went on to become a very, very decorated world champion fighter. Um, at the time, he was 33-0 and 0 and signed to fight Mikey Garcia, who was 24-0. In Mikey's, Mikey Garcia's first title fight, they were Matt's belts. NABF, WBO, NABO, World Featherweight Champion, Matt Remillard. Great fight. Stopped in the later rounds. Mikey went on to become more of a household name. But we didn't really get to see what happened there. We touched on the, the how corrupt some of these promotions are. Matt Remillard was signed to a contract that included a quarter million dollars to take that fight. Um, and that was basically it. You're going to be gone for about three or four months and you're going to make a quarter million dollars. Not something you say no to. Yeah. Now, when they put you under the same Promotional company that Mikey Garcia is under. Make you wear Mikey Garcia gloves. Make you fight in the size ring that Mikey Garcia's handlers want. Make you spar three times as much as you're used to in the week coming up to the fight. Every competitive and I think. Apologies to Matt Remillard, who's a friend of mine. I think Mikey Garcia was the better guy at the time. But every single competitive advantage that could be given to Mikey Garcia was. And he edged him out. Watch that fight. Awesome. Awesome fight. Mikey edges him out. but, uh, But Matt did look a little drained to me for somebody I watched from a little kid before he'd thrown, before he'd ever hit a hand pad, I was watching him wipe mats up and now to watch him build his way all the way to there. And do you not sign the contract who in their right mind doesn't say, if I offer you a quarter million dollars for three months of your life, but you're going to train how I tell you to train, you're going to fight who I tell you to fight. And you're going to wear what I tell you to wear. You'd be out there in a, in a thong and a mini skirt fighting whoever, (laughs) whoever the guy was, you know, And I think anybody would. And that's the tragedy of these promotional companies working against each other. It's not just that the guys at the top of the game are going to have a conflict of interest when it comes to fighting each other. But it has the guys that are trying to build their way up in the game fed to a bigger name. Basically packaged up as best as they can be and fed to a bigger name. And that's what they did to Matt. And I believe, like I said, I believe that Mikey Garcia was the better guy at the time. But every single competitive advantage was given to him. And Matt lost the fight and basically went away from there. And Mikey Garcia is a household name.
1: Yeah, that's, that's crazy to me to think about like changing how they, these people, Matt got to the top for a reason yeah and to change up his sparring and all that stuff had the same they trainer stopped.
0: since he was a little kid that's and then they flew that wild. trainer out for the fight just for the fight
1: that's wild to think a, a, a fight contract should just be the fight the, whatever promotion is the week of the fight and the way
0: but you give these you give these promotional uh, bodies, you give these sanctioning bodies the power in the contract to write it up however they want to. And it st- I've said before, it started with Marvin Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard. When Sugar Ray Leonard said, I'm the name, you're going to get paid so much money to fight me that I want a 50-foot ring and and 24 ounce gloves and all of the stuff exactly the way he wanted it and the only thing the other people could do the only thing matt could do in this situation you take that quarter million dollars and you get on the plane that's what you do that's what i do that's what he did so if we have one promotional company where their best interest is building man it's what i say about scrub scraps every guy that fights is my fighter so I want everybody to be one and one going into their third fight. And until we make the in, the best interest of these sanctioning bodies have nothing to do with who wins or loses, we're not going to get the best fights and we're not even going to get fair fights sometimes.
1: Yeah, I, I, I understand ring size, glove size. I understand that being from a promotion. The one thing that you said that just blows my mind is ben a new trainer, extra sparring, yeah. yeah. That that stuff's ridiculous. To think that the promotions have power over that is just absurd.
0: To put him in the ring, you want to get the to get the even even just from a from a standpoint of of recon of like get gathering information on that fighter. You now moved that fighter into your gym to work with your trainers. Everything you needed to know about how this guy punches, how he moves, what weaknesses and strengths he has are now the same guys that are getting you ready to get like, sure, that's where I'd want to put my next enemy. Right in a gym, right under my nose. Working with guys that are going to come back and tell me how good he
1: is. Now, the new trainers and that stuff, is that coming out of matt's paycheck or the promotions
0: they, they um good question but as far as i know he made a quarter million dollars for the fight show up on fight night but it includes a training camp so he left went on his training camp came back with so, a loss and a quarter million dollars
1: so the promotion is paying wow that's 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 just absurd i i <laughs> Oh,
0: um, the boxing. flurry rocked him. Boxing, Combinations,
1: <laughs> freaking boxing. That's why. That's why I'm an MMA guy, dude. This, oh, this stuff in boxing just continues the the corruption. The and who was the guy? This, Everett the Bravo. Bad.
0: I thought about that when I looked up Everett Bravo, Julio Cesar Chavez' next opponent, and those seven guys that I listed off. That yeah, that he. He's seven and seven. he's been knocked out six times, and the other seven he beat, don't, don't have him, nobody has a winning record. If a guy's 25 and 10 and had 35 fights in the UFC, bet that is a bad man. Bet yeah. that he is yeah. dangerous, even against a new, undefeated 12 and0, shiny 15 and0 young guy, that is a dangerous man in boxing. You can't tell. This guy isn't dangerous. Yeah. Bravo is not a danger to Chavez. Bet the ranch. And that's why, because you bring him in, you you tailor make him for to to take the loss to the guy who you're trying to build up. And that's what they've done with Tevin Farmer. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, bet the ranch on Davis. This guy is not good. Anybody with the I mean, Franwa. That guy should have been out of there early. How he won forty six fight. He fought the milkman eighty two times. And that's how he got his record.
1: this this flurry just blew my mind like oh like i'm speechless but (laughs) with that being said that's going to be the show this week for the everyone jared if they want to reach out to you how do they reach out to you
0: i'm under jared jones on facebook and scrub scraps on all the platforms
1: all right and uh you can follow the show uh at throwing jabs on twitter And then like us on Facebook as well as ThrowingJabsPodcast.com where you can find the episodes, any old episodes. All the episodes are up there. We are now on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify as well as we started blogging on our ThrowingJabs.com ThrowingJabsPodcast.com There's a bunch of stories up up there. Uh, I previewed and recapped this past weekend's UFC event as well as Jared. We, we discussed it in the episode. Jared has uh post on PDs as well as Javante Davis. So if any of that stuff interests you, go and check it out. Uh, other than that, that's been it for the episode. Thank you guys for listening. Hope to see you next time and peace out.